Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Michael's Mixdown. This will be uh, Audio Terms Part Two. Now, in the last episode, I described some of the uh, sound effects that I was uh, putting on my voice, and I did a little bit of voice acting. This episode, hopefully, is a little bit shorter. Um, I kind of rambled on a little bit in the last episode, so what I'm hoping to accomplish here is to put up the the guitar here that I'm going to put some effects on, and then you're going to hear the before and the after, um, and then hopefully you'll have an even better understanding of some of these effects, and some of these are new and they weren't in the last episode. They would not sound great on a voice or a vocal, but they sound better on a guitar. So anyway... I would like to kick off this episode by playing you a little bit of guitar. So what you just heard there was my brother-in-law, Cliff Endicott, playing uh, his guitar. And I went over to his place and got a little recording of that. And then um, he played a second pass here that I'll play in just a second. And the second pass is the same uh, part, but he put his um, guitar through his effects chain. He has a... uh, a floorboard with pedals and he sent the uh, signal through his pedals and through his effects. So if he was going to play this like live, he would have put it on um, through these effects and here are his preferred settings. So those were uh, the effects that he applied. And uh, from this point forward, I'm going to play that entire clip a couple of times because um, not everybody is an audio engineer and wants to hear the uh, same guitar part over and over and over and over again as they analyze it. So um, that last pass that you heard is the the one that I basically... Um, did my editing on. So um, I just wanted to play that very first pass so that you could see, or I guess hear, what a clean-ish signal coming in uh, sounded like. That was uh, basically through his amp, so it had some distortion and some gain, but um, then he put it through some pedals, and I remember there was um, 
there was an EQ thing that he had that was really nice and it kind of brought up the um, the highs and it made it a little more scratchy and so and obviously it was a little bit louder and um, so if I were to start with that signal and then be going into uh, the post-production to mix that into a song or whatever uh, here's maybe one take on what I would have done. Uh, and then you have to remember that I don't have an entire band recording here. Uh, so I don't know exactly what kind of, uh, tweaks I would have made to this if it had not quite sounded right in a band mix with drums and bass and vocals and anything else that might've been in there. But, um, basically I just took a crack at what I, thought would improve upon that um, guitar playing because that's what we do as engineers. We try to take that sound and we try to polish it and improve upon it and make it the best that it can be. Now, that doesn't um, necessarily mean that the settings that Cliff put on his guitar were bad or they didn't sound good. Um, I just tried to listen to that and add some things to it to make it a little more polished and to see if I had any uh, software here that would bring out um, more of the good parts of that sound and less of the bad parts of that sound. So basically what I did was I added a little bit of EQ. Um, I took some frequencies out down around the mid-low uh, type of frequencies. So um, basically the, the EQ starts at 20 Hertz and it goes all the way up to 20,000 Hertz, which is the range of human hearing. And typically, uh, we would describe frequencies around uh, 200 ish to around 500 ish to be a little bit boxy or a little bit nasally. Um, I take a little bit of that out of my voice before I uh, make the podcast. So um, that was the first thing I did. The second thing I did was I added a little bit of a compression, and that brings up the volume overall. It's a little bit louder. Uh, it adds a little bit of a touch of warmth. Uh, this particular compressor has a, a knob for uh, what they call analog signal, um, and it just kind of adds a little bit of overtone or a little bit of warmth uh, changes the flavor of the sound just a little bit and then uh, it kind of evens out the the signal a little bit so that the loudest parts are not quite as loud as they used to be and the overall um, volume is a little more level and even and here's what that sounds like So those were just the settings that I tried to add to make it um, a little bit more polished. Like I said, n nothing wrong with what he had in his settings, and it would really all depend on you know the the band, the rest of the sounds going on, and if that fit. Um, there's maybe nothing necessarily wrong with just leaving it the way it was uh, recorded and just leaving it alone. Maybe it sounded pretty good with everything else and anything I'm added to it just kind of muddied it up. So um, that was just my 
my take on uh, what it would do to, to polish that up a little bit. So the next thing that I did was I added a little bit more distortion. So if you've ever heard an acoustic guitar or if you've heard an electric guitar that's not plugged into anything get strummed, um, it sounds pretty clean. You know, it's just the, the sound of the strings vibrating. And uh, when you go into an amplifier or an amp, it normally adds uh, distortion and it, it gain, gain and it turns it up so that you can hear it. It's really loud. So... Um, what I wanted to do was see what this sounded like with a really heavy distortion. Maybe this was a riff that came out of a really heavy kind of, you know, uh, death metal type band. So uh, I added a little bit of uh, extra distortion on top of what was already in the signal. Now, I'll admit it's not super pleasant, but if you listen to the before and you listen to this, you'll definitely have an understanding of what distortion really sounds like. So that's what it sounds like with a little extra heavy distortion on it. Um, you know, not typically what I would go for there, I guess, but I wanted to give a clear example of like that was the original this is really distorted uh that's a lot more than i would normally probably do uh the type of riff that he's playing there doesn't really lend itself to some kind of really heavy um super heavy metal or anything so uh that probably would not be my final choice there if i had you know drummed up five or six different types of effects to see what I like best or what really fits the the big picture for the rest of the song. Uh, probably would not have gone with that one, but I just wanted everybody to get a clear picture of what that actually sounds like. So up next, I am going to uh, play the, the entire clip again because I just thought this sounded really cool. Um, I added what they call a flanger effect to the guitar playing here. And if you've ever heard a Van Halen song, you've probably heard Flange uh, on Eddie Van Halen's guitars. And basically what Flange or Flanging or a Flanger does is it uh, sweeps. Uh, when you look, actually look at the plug-in, there's a little bar that moves to the left and to the right, and it kind of sweeps through... Um, different frequencies and it can do other things. It can kind of shift the audio to the left and to the right uh, by meaning the your stereo speakers, your left speaker and your right speaker. And it just kind of sweeps the uh, frequencies and it turns up, you know, one frequency uh, and then the next one, and then the next one, and it turns them down in a kind of a tail. So if you can imagine... Um, if you ever have been to like a store where they had stereos um, up on display and you see those little bars jumping up and down, uh, those are typically EQ or uh, the different frequencies that are jumping around. And if you could imagine like if your finger was kind of a little magnet and you touched one of those bars and it raised up to where your finger was and then the peak of 
each of those bars would re reach up to your finger and then they would be less, you know, so attracted to your finger as you moved away from them. That's kind of what a flanger sort of does. Um, it'd be a lot easier if you just listen. Oh yeah. And one other thing, uh, a lot of flangers have like a delay built in, uh, and I just happened to like the way this one sounds. So I left it on. So it's really noticeable at the beginning when there's that little uh, slide where he's getting his fingers into position and you'll hear it kind of echo. You notice that right there is the tail end. Um, you can kind of hear that sweep happening. Um, what's one of the reasons why I wanted to play the entire clip again? Let me play you just the end so that you can hear that happening. It's kind of that whooshing sound that kind of comes up and goes back down and comes back up and goes back down. So anyway, I thought that was a really neat effect, and I thought it really worked with what he was playing, and if this was um, maybe the outro to a song or something, that would be a nice um, way to mark the end of a song or something. Um, again, it all just really depends on what the rest of the song sounds like, and maybe one of these days I could get a simple 30-second you know, piece of music with uh, drums and bass and maybe a little bit of singing or something, that would be cool. But anyway, right now what I have to work with is this guitar, and um, I do want to take a second to mention that I'm really thankful that he was, uh, by he, my, I mean, my brother-in-law, Cliff, that was able to play this for me and let me have a nice, clean recording of this and um, not have to, you know, deal with a, uh, like a phone recording or anything that would have not sounded as nice, so... I feel pretty lucky to have gotten the recording the way I wanted to have it and um, be able to have more control over you know, what it sounds like and how I can present it to you guys. So um, I've got here kind of a funny effect that, um, again, it's not something I would probably leave on in the song, but it made me laugh. So um, the plug-in effect that I used here, on this next bit that you'll hear is called uh, Isotopes Vinyl. And what vinyl does is it um, tries to emulate what um, a certain period would sound like. So there's literally presets on it like 2000, 1980, 1960, 1950, stuff like that. And um, essentially what it's doing is it's rounding off the amount of frequencies that you can hear um, because the further back you go, the, um, well, the less able they were able to record and then reproduce um, frequencies all the way down to 20 hertz and all the way up to 20,000 hertz. Um, a lot of the early microphones and stuff couldn't capture all those frequencies and you couldn't play them back. Um, and the vinyl records and stuff were not able to 
um, reproduce all those frequencies. So basically what vinyl does is it makes it sound old. And um, so I was playing around with that, and that kind of made me laugh. So here's what that sounds like. So, you know, that just made me laugh. Uh, had to throw it in there. Uh, another thing that vinyl can do is it um, can kind of emulate what it would sound like to um, have a little bit of warble if your um, vinyl record was a little bit warped or if it has some dust or some scratches on it. And it, it can kind of emulate what those things would sound like if uh, you were really listening to this on an old vinyl record that was a little beat up and then maybe the the speaker was not perfect and it was kind of old, one of those old paper cone speakers. So anyway, it just made me laugh and I had to had to do that one. So um, believe it or not, we are quickly approaching the end of this episode. I wanted this one to be short and sweet compared to the almost hour long one uh, last time. And uh, the shorter I make it, the faster I can get it put up so that you guys can hear it. Um, so the last thing that I have here that I, um, edited out of that guitar playing was, um, I wanted to imagine what if, um, what if this was some guitar playing at the end of a song, like, you know, end of a green day music video or something, the camera is pulling away from the band that's playing the guy that's playing the guitar, um, and, it kind of turns a corner and you can't see it anymore, but you can just kind of barely hear it out of your right. It's coming from your right somewhere, but uh, you're in kind of a big space and you're backing away and it's getting quieter and quieter um, as you struggle to listen to the end of the, of the song fade out. Now um, I put a big reverb on this effect, a big reverb effect on this playing because uh you know, I wanted it to sound kind of, you know, kind of moody, kind of sad. It's the end of the song. And um, I, when I started to listen to it back after I had edited it together, I thought maybe the, um, re the reverb was kind of overkill. It was way too much. Um, if I was actually going to produce this into a song, I would tweak this quite a bit, but um, I really want you guys to be able to hear the the space that is being created here. Uh, if you're listening to this in a on a little phone speaker or whatever, it'll be uh, loud enough that you'll be able to hear it. If you're driving in your car or something, and uh, there's road noise or there's traffic or something, you should still be able to hear this. So um, if you're a headphone user, this is probably going to sound a little muddy and crazy, but um, anyway, I just wanted to, to get this effect in here so that I was confident that everybody could hear it. Um, then the next thing that I did was I added, uh, what they call a pan. So you've got two speakers in a stereo system, your left and your right. And what I did was I panned the sound of the guitar all the way to the right, but slowly, like you're backing away from it and it's getting further and further away from you. 
Um, but the reverb and the space that you're kind of hearing stays constantly in stereo because if this was to um, happen to you, actually, the space around you is, you know, basically relatively the same, but the so source of the sound is getting further away. But it doesn't mean that, like, the reflections of the sound off the walls to your left are going to just stop all of a sudden. So there's um, kind of this neat spatial effect thing, and I kind of like it. But then it just sort of fades out. I did a volume fade where it just gets quieter and quieter and quieter as it drifts away to the right somewhere, and you can kind of just imagine the you know, guitar players just still doing his thing, like, off for eternity, and you you just backed away from it, and you're not going to be uh, up front in that anymore until you restart the song. Um, I heard a theory once that so many songs in the 80s ended out with this big, long, you know, tail out where the volume just slowly, slowly fades out, and it takes like a minute, maybe two minutes for the, you know, the actual track to die off and go to the next song uh, because they wanted to give you this feeling like the song is somewhere going on forever and ever and the party never stops and the, the good feeling is it's still going on somewhere out there and um, it's supposed to invoke some kind of feeling like it just never ended, like it never ends and it just goes on forever. So um, I'm going to let Cliff play me out here and he's going to drift us all into the end of the episode. And I want to say that um, I had a hundred likes on my Facebook page for this, uh, this week. And that's a, uh, pretty awesome feeling. Um, I'm going to have to come up with some way to celebrate that. Um, there's going to have to be some kind of thing. Maybe you guys can uh, pick the next thing that I, I discussed or the next album or the next song. Um, some other housekeeping stuff. I am going to try to get back on about one episode a month or so. Um, once in a while, I think I would like to just tackle like a single song or a I like this effect and I've heard it in three or four different songs. I'm just going to play and discuss that effect. Um, so it'll just be short clips out of a couple of different, you know, unrelated songs. Um, but I think that it would be beneficial to get some shorter episodes in the mix because I'm sure that not everybody wants to hear me, you know, blab on for an hour every episode and not every episode has to be a giant compilation of a album of music because that's going to take forever for me to edit together. I can tell you that. So, um, there's going to be episodes coming up that are, you know, clearly under the half hour mark. And, um, hopefully you guys enjoy that. I hope that once in a while, and I decided to discuss an entire big album that if it takes an hour that you'd be okay with that too. So thank you for listening. Uh, continue to follow my page on Facebook. If you want to share this with somebody you think would be interested in it, uh, I would love for you to do that. Uh, please don't just shove it in anybody's face that you know because I don't really need this to explode into any kind of giant phenomenon or anything. And if people don't actually like what I'm doing, then I don't need them to stick around and you know be forced to see my Facebook page and my updates and so if you are actually really interested in what I have to talk about, then I would be glad to have you on board and I would love for 
more like-minded people to be able to hear my podcast. And um, to all my friends that have supported my page and got it up to 100 likes, I really, really appreciate that, and I want to say thanks. So uh, I'm going to let my brother-in-law play me out here. Uh, thank you again to Cliff Endicott for giving me a guitar sample here to play around with. And I will catch you all on the next one. <laughs>